Stephen A. Smith responds to Lonzo Ball, albeit by moving the goalpost. We're going to discuss that. We're also going to talk about Bleacher Report listing the Bulls under the most pressure. And I'm actually going to add one to that list as well. ESPN has their prediction for wins, losses for the Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls have made a new hiring that may completely change the franchise. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, in following me, you can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for the day. First up, Stephen A. Move the Goalpost Smith. Um, I, Listen, so Stephen A. Smith came out, I believe it was on first take initially yesterday, but then he decided to keep it going even on his little podcast after the fact. And so, you know, Stephen A. Smith is somebody who is an easily triggered individual. He's also somebody who doesn't always have the best integrity. So we're going to go ahead and play a clip here, not the clip that I posted yesterday from ESPN. We're going to post a clip. From his podcast now. Why are you making a video with your knees? Now, if I couldn't go off camera, if I didn't want to go off camera because of the lighting in my studio here, um, do y'all know I can get up and sit down and get up and sit down and get up and sit down all night long? Does that mean that I can run the hell up, down, uh, up and down the damn court 94 feet for 30, 35 minutes a night? Sitting poolside on a bench, getting up on one knee, you think that shows that you're healthy? You going to call me yapping when I have all of this information in front of me? Would you like me to tell where you had surgery and exactly what date you had surgery on? Would you like me to get the names of the doctors? I do have them. I know the actually I know the actual doctors that operated on you. The actual locations. Of course I wouldn't do something like that to you, bro. I would never do something like that. That's none of my business. That's that's none of anybody's business. I'm just making the point. Come on, bro. By the way, in June, the Bulls officially announced that you would be out for an indefinite period of time. And speculation is, is that you were going to miss the whole season. And even though you're coming back, at the very least, it isn't expected that you'll be available to play until January of 2024. So you missed 42 games two seasons ago. You missed the entire season last season. You're scheduled to miss this season up until January upcoming and you're gonna sit poolside and ask why i'm yapping and who are my sources just because you getting bouncing up and down on one knee really really i'm gonna be nice because i got love for you bro and i want you to get back healthy but it's not a crime to say that people have been concerned about your knees you know I don't make it up. If I said it, somebody close to you told me. Maybe they're wrong. But that's the concern about you. That's the reality. And this is just Stephen A. Smith continuing to double down on moving the goalposts. Let's be clear here. Stephen A. Smith and what Lonzo Ball was responding to was Stephen A. Smith saying, I have heard that he can't. he's having trouble getting going from a sitting position to standing, which is what Lonzo Ball proved wrong Stephen A. Smith's now trying to double down saying well you're not healthy to play basketball let me talk about a surgery nobody gives a flying fuck what surgery Stephen A. Smith had so he can sit there with his terrible hairline and big ass no 
I can't really talk about big ass noses as I have one of my own. But with that being said, Stephen A. Smith is just like the 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 continued lack of integrity is honestly disgusting from somebody who I'm not a journalist. Let me be clear. I will never put myself on the level of anybody who's in who's gone to school, who's a journalist, who gets paid million of dollars to do this in XYZ. I'm a guy sitting in the studio I made by my own hands that just loves my team, right? That's what I do. But to sit there and not be able to just say, hey, my sources were wrong. I got it incorrect. I'm glad that Lonzo is further along than what my sources had told me in his progress. Let's see if he can get back on the basketball court. Simple. But to move the goalposts entirely and talk about your own, nobody gives a damn that you had surgery on your patella or whatever the hell it is. Nobody cares, Stephen A. Smith. Nobody. None. And even, like, nobody gives a damn about the surgery that you had. You already didn't had your nose fixed, that you try to act like don't nobody know. You're insecure as far as that goes. Your hairline is unsalvageable. Calm the fuck down, my brother. Calm down. Just say, hey, listen, I got information from my source. The source was incorrect. Lonzo was a little bit... Further along than what I even expected, let's see when he's going to get back on the on the basketball court. Simple. It's really just that simple. You see, it took me less than three minutes to completely fry your ass and to say a, a point on how you should have responded to you just being wrong. Three minutes. That's all it took. Three goddamn minutes, my brother. Come on, man. Like Stephen A. Smith, and this is why I hate the national media, right? It's not just Stephen A. Smith. I'm glad that the brother's going out and getting his checks. He's putting people on like, like, like Shannon Sharp. Stephen A. Smith is the in a position to help people go along with their career. J.J. Reddick, he was he was influential in J.J. Reddick coming up, things like that. And I will never take away from that. Stephen A. Smith is somebody. Look, look what he did for Kenny Beecham. That is pulling people up as he moves up, and that is what you should do. So I have nothing in negative to say about that. But your integrity as a journalist, my guy, it leaves a lot to be desired, and it's okay to be wrong. Part of doing this job and something that I had to realize myself is you're going to be wrong when you're on something and your job is to give your opinions, your takes. I don't have source. So everything is 100% just my take and my opinion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That, that's not the end of the world. Just report on the facts. That's all you got to do. But with these journalists and the fact that mainstream sports media is starting to lose their ground a little bit, everybody feels like they have to have these hardline takes and that they have to be right. And when they're challenged, they like to blame everyone else. Now, yes, Lonzo Ball has tons of left to do to show and prove that he's going to be able to get back on the basketball court. It's 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 simple, right? And even when you go and look at, if you guys haven't seen, like, I forget the doctor's name. I apologize. I'll try to put a link in the description. There's a sports medicine doctor that has talked heavily about Lonzo's um, surgery. He talked about after the surgery, he explained what the cartilage replacement was. He even looked at Lonzo Ball's, uh, him, the video that he released standing up and down and talked about how like the way Lonzo Ball shift his body and his upper torso shift means that he still has a lot of work to do in certain muscles around his leg area to strengthen that before he can get back to basketball. That's all fine. There's enough doubt around Lonzo Ball's re realistically coming back to basketball that having those doubts are fine and fair. But that is not what you said initially. That is not what Lonzo Ball was responding to. And for you to now take it and turn it into something else, it's utterly disgusting, my brother. Hopefully you fix that stuff up just like you fixed your nose. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into actual uh, content here, right? Bleacher Report released a, a list of uh, Chicago Bulls players under the most pressure heading into next season. And this list, I agree with some of it, but I disagree with some of it. The first one that they had on the list was Javon Carter. 
and and this is kind of with the expectations that come with Javon Carter, right? The Bulls went out and got Javon Carter because he's 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 coming into being having a much needed role for the Chicago Bulls team. You cannot deny whether you think he's going to start whatever it is. Javon Carter, the the way that he plays defense, the way that he shoots the ball, the Bulls gave him twenty million dollars, three years, twenty million dollars to come in and play for them. And I understand thinking that that is. A, that that puts a lot of pressure on him. And the fact that the Bulls really needed to upgrade that point guard position. When you look at acquiring Patrick Beverly at, as a midseason buyout candidate, and then you know now you know he left, and then you brought in a younger player that should be better than him in Javon Carter, I understand why they put him on the list. But to me, Javon Carter is playing with house money. You got your money. Yes, there's pressure. And, and I don't want to mis- misspeak on this, is that I'm sure Javon Carter is putting a lot of pressure on himself. He's in his hometown. He's playing for the team that he rooted for growing up, and you're coming into a team that absolutely needs your skill set. But let's not say that Javon Carter is under this huge amount of pressure because, listen, the, the things and problems that are going on with the Chicago Bulls were here long before he got here, and if you know they don't figure it out over the three years he's here, they're going to still be here, especially Billy Donovan still the head coach. Let's knock on wood and hope that that's not the case. But with that said, I don't necessarily agree that Javon Carter is under a huge amount of pressure now. He is. He was a free agent acquisition and all that, so that does come with its own pressure. How he fits in with DeMar, Zach, Vooch is going to be hugely important to how, how much we can raise the Chicago Bulls ceiling this upcoming year. But, you know, having him on the list, I kind of understand. I don't all the way agree with. Next up on this list was, of course, Zach Levine, and this is one that I do agree with. You guys know I like Zach Levine a lot. I understand what he brings. I don't necessarily look at him and what he doesn't do well, but he needs to strengthen up those things of his game. But considering that Zach Levine, two seasons ago, end of the season, being injured and hobbled. He started off last season being injured and hobbled. And then around January 5th, 2nd, somewhere in there, he really got healthy, apparently. And he, from that point on, was he scored the third most points in the NBA other than Joel Embiid and Dame Lillard. So, yes, coming into this season now, being fully healthy to start the season, there's a huge amount of pressure on Zach Levine, and it's rightfully so, right? Zach Levine, you know, you know the, the fact that Bulls fans even have the argument of, is he the number one? Is DeMar the number one? We know that we need a better number one than them if the Bulls are going to be a championship team, unless Zach Levine all of a sudden hit this new high ceiling at 28 years old. But Zach Levine is now in his prime, and he's coming into the season having a full offseason not to rehab, not to do any of that, just focus on improving your game. Zach sold some flashes defensively last season. Absolutely, he showed some flashes of improving and taking his, his, his a defense more seriously, right? But now you have to look at this team has doubts and it has holes and it has things, and everybody is now looking at you and saying what you're going to bring. You weren't an all-star last year. Can you get back to being an all-star? Can you get back to being an all-NBA player? Or can you be an all-NBA player, right? Those are the questions surrounding Zach Levine right now. While we're talking about leaps from players like Patrick Williams and Kobe White taking steps and things like that, Zach Levine, being 28 years old, being in what's supposed to be the prime of his season, should have a lot of pressure on him because of the state of the Chicago Bulls team. They've bet on you. You are the, you are, have the highest contract in Chicago Bulls history. That comes with his own pressure, right? It, it just is what it is. And so we need to see how now Zach Levine elevates his game, right? How do you refine your game? How do you become better at what you do well, right? Nobody, I'm not going to call for Zach Levine to all of a sudden become this defensive stopper, but can you take defense more seriously right can you do that can you when the team needs a stop can you be a player that can be relied on for that can you stop dribbling the ball off your goddamn foot especially in fourth quarters of games that's how we need to look at Zach Levine coming into the season and that does have its own pressure around it can Zach live up to it 
we'll end up seeing. Next up on the list, they had Patrick Williams. Now, we talked about GM Mark Eversley's comments about Patrick Williams and how this is an important season for Pat. And we say this every single year, right? And he said, you know, him saying that Patrick Williams has showed some flashes over the over the last couple of years, but they need those flashes to be more consistent. Yes, Patrick Williams has a high upside still, despite what some Bulls fans will try to label him a bust. He still has a high upside. But every year that goes by, that potential and that upside comes down some, rightfully so. Right? Yes, you're going into turning 22 years old. Shout out to you. He turns 22 in two days. Shout out to Patrick Williams on that. But when it comes down to it, what now can we can we get a consistent level of effort from Patrick Williams, right? The defense, we got, right? Can you be a little bit more aggressive offensively? Nobody's saying all of a sudden turn into this 18-point-per-game score. But, yes, Patrick Williams is under pressure. And the fact of the matter is you got other players that are, too, that are at similar positions of you. You got Daylon Terry. You got Julian Phillips, right? They are trying to show something. You have a veteran now coming in in Torrey Craig that does everything that you do or have shown so far. It doesn't have the ceiling that you have. But he does everything that you do. But guess what? He can be bet on to bring that consistently night in and night out. You cannot allow yourself to come in and be passed up. So the pressure that's on Patrick Williams to show and prove this season, I'm not saying that he needs to be the final product. But we do need to see a considerable step towards that high-end ceiling that so many Bulls fans and the Bulls front office sees in Patrick Williams. That's just what we need from him. So, you know, hopefully we start seeing that. And I and I agree with him and Zach Levine absolutely being on this list. Other players that could be on the list as well as DeMar DeRozan's name could be on there as a player that is turning 34 years old, that is up for a contract. How does he show and prove this season, especially if he wants that long-term extension? But I understand why he's not on there. The one glaring person on this list of Bulls that are under the most pressure, and I know he's not a player, is Billy Bubblegum Donovan. He should be under the most pressure now. Because of his contract extension, maybe he isn't feeling any pressure. Maybe there's no realistic pressure there because this front office ownership, whatever it is, is content with Billy Donovan, but he needs to be under some pressure. That's what needs to happen. Billy Donovan should be under as much pressure as Zach Levine this season to show that you can get the most out of this roster. Can you develop somebody to save your life? Can you cook? Can you can you draw a last-minute play, right? Can you help? Can you draw an inbounds play? Now, it's up to the players to be able to execute it, but can you draw a solid inbounds play? Those type of questions are around. So, you know, we'll end up seeing. I I, I think this is one of BR's better lists, even though I have some issues, especially with a player like Javon Carter, who's just coming in, being on that list. But otherwise, I think it was one of it was one of BR's better articles, which, you know, that I don't really give BR a lot of credit, even though I technically work for BR, but I don't give them a lot of credit. But anyway, um, but next up though, I do want to talk about ESPN predicting the Chicago Bulls to win 37 games next season. And so you know, they predicted the whole Eastern Conference. They predict the Chicago Bulls actually to finish 11th in the conference. And here's what I'll say. Of course, I don't agree with that. You guys know I'm high on what the Bulls did to improve their margins, to improve their shooting. And I think that's going to really help this Bulls team win more games. I really do. But the fact of the matter is, is there is enough reason to doubt. The Bulls didn't have a big name signing. They signed, they brought in two role players. And two role players that have been, yes, on teams that have, you know, gone on playoff runs and stuff like that. But ultimately. It's two role players. And the hardest thing for an outlet like ESPN to kind of gauge and writers who don't follow teams' ins and outs, right, um, is to really gauge how the margins really help the team, how the smaller acquisitions can pay off big for the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, we already talked about, like, I think it was DraftKings or, or, or some sports book having the Bulls pegged at 36 and a half wins coming into the season. So ESPN has them a little bit above that. But 
the Bulls are going to have to show and prove, right? You have a team that is now disappointed, right? After the flashes that you showed initially when this version of the team, albeit with Lonzo Ball, came together, this team has now shown, you know, that they have a lot of flaws, that they can't necessarily, that they, you know, we had the year we couldn't beat good teams. And then we beat the better teams last season, but then we lost to young, scrappy teams that just outworked us at times. When you have that, right, and you have that duality, it's hard to predict a team, what a team's going to do. The Bulls are going to have to show out and show that, come out and show now that they have an identity, that they can sustain a level of play. They have something that you can bet on night in and night out is something that they can do well, right? And I've said it. The Bulls have to be one of the best defenses, not just per defensive rating of being in the top five and stuff like last season. You have to be one of the better half-court defenses in the NBA next season for you to really reach that ceiling. Three-point shooting should be legit. You need that as well to space the floor, but you're going to need health. You're going to need Zach Levine to not allow the refs to get in his head. You're going to need DeMar DeRozan to understand to pick his spots a little bit better. You're going to need Billy Donovan to come in and coach well, right? I've said it. There are tons of question marks around every aspect of this team, the front office, the coaching staff, the players. There are questions. So you're not going to get an outlet like an ESPN to predict you to win a lot of games in cases like that until you start showing and proving. So, you know, ESPN predicting the Bulls to finish 11th in the Eastern Conference, it's, it's kind of neither here nor there for me. Um, it is lower than what I would have expected, but it all comes down to the Bulls are going to have to prove it. And, you know, I'm a petty person. I, I'm somebody who I like to prove people wrong, and hopefully this Bulls team takes that identity and, and wants to show through their play, hey, you can't take the Chicago Bulls lightly this season. It's really up to them to show it. Now, I tease at the beginning of the show that the Bulls have made a huge change to their franchise, and you guys may have seen this. It was tweeted out. It's why I'm wearing the hat today. Uh, the Bull, Benny the Bull has retired. The, the guy who's been Benny the Bull for the for the, for last however many seasons retired this offseason, and there is a new person being Benny the Bull now. And so if you guys went to Bulls Fest, you got to see the first little bit of the new person playing uh, or, or being Benny the Bull. And so they did have some energy. If you guys weren't there, they had some energy. They were able to rock the crowd and things like that. But listen, Benny the Bull is such a staple of Bulls fans. He's one of the best mascots in the in the world, right? I think he's, what, the second or third highest paid mascot in, in, in the world. So, you know, Benny the Bull has a lot to prove. And so uh, uh, somebody coming into that new role, listen, and, you know, for the ins and outs and people who aren't diehard fans, hopefully they never even realize, like, hey, but I did realize at Bulls was like, hey, Benny looks a little bit shorter. And then now it came out today that there's actually a new person playing Benny the Bull. And so hopefully they're able to step in. Benny the Bull is important for Bulls culture. I know that may sound like, uh, uh, over-exaggeration, but for those that have been in the United Center, understand how important Benny is to, like, the vibe of the UC. Well, understand, having a new person play Benny is a little is a little, is a little scary because Benny really does bring a lot. I hope he's practicing his half-court shots. I hope he's practicing his popcorn throws, things like that. Wouldn't have seen if there's a big difference for it. I can tell you what, and it said, said that they hired somebody from a different team. So it's somebody who's familiar with being the mascot. But Chicago loves their Benny the Bull, so let's see if they step up to it. Now, before we go, I got an all-text message version of the mailbag. We got a lot of text coming in. This first one, this one's from the 757, and he leaves this. When D. Rose went down with his injury, he made commercials and posted videos of his comeback fight. Lonzo was more a victim of silence than anything else. If we were all getting, uh, if we all were getting reports of it's over, he'll, he'll never play again, then yeah, you have to deal with the circus medium. But if he would have given his own updates and showed more progress to his fans, then it wouldn't have gotten uh, this far, in my opinion. But that, bro, uh, was more of a hype video than a clapback, and I'm happy he did it. Thanks, Stephen A. Your ignorance gave us Bulls fans a much-needed boost of confidence in our guy. 
Here's what I'll say. I think Lonzo Ball was a little bit different from D. Rose, right? I think people forget, too, that D. Rose suffered two different injuries that put him out. So, like, yeah, the return and all that. I remember those commercials and things like that. But, like, Lonzo couldn't even work out. Derrick Rose, about two months after suffering his initial injury, was able to work out so that he was able to give that. Lonzo Ball wasn't able to get up a basketball. Hell, just six months ago, we got, well, maybe about more like a year ago, we got Lonzo saying he couldn't even make it upstairs comfortably, right? So, I don't know if Lonzo's really had that type of workout to have a hype video. Now, he could have gotten out ahead of it and talked about it a little bit more, but I do think that Lonzo was dealing with his own mental aspect of it that was bothering him, and he couldn't really get out in front of it, so he disappeared. I think that it is a good sign now that he is feeling more confident to the point where he posted a video like that. I think that's a good sign for his mental. We'll see what it ends up meaning for his ability to get back on the basketball court, but great text message. I agree with everything that you said there. Great points. Uh, let's get into this next one. This one's from my uh, big bro, Spicy Butter. He says this. What's up, little bro? Listen, Stephen A is snitch saying Zoe can't walk because every owner to the uh, stay away from him, causing every owner to stay away from him and derail his career. That's what Call Me Brown has been saying. His words matter because people listen to his dumb ass. I'm just saying. I'm Yeah, and I think Stephen A. Smith understands, too, that his words matter, but he doesn't use that always in the best way. We see him using it in the sense of, like, getting Shannon Sharp on, getting J.J., like, having, having a platform for J.J. Reddick, right, doing those type of things. He understands what it means for, like, people in this industry, but I don't think he understands always what it means for people in, in, in like, the fans, right, that aren't always day in and day out paying attention to every article every every doctor that says something things like that like for a lot of people right or wrong they get their information from the national lamestream media and because of that when they hear a player a uh, uh, uh an analyst like Stephen A. Smith say, oh, I'm hearing he's having trouble even get standing from a sitting position comfortably. They're going to take that and roll with it, right? So, you know, I, I think sometimes that we live in such a media age, especially with social media and access, that, that it's easy to forget that not everybody pays attention to that. Some people just pay attention to what they turn on ESPN and they expect what they're given there to be the real. And it's not always that. And it's unfortunate. That's why I, I do hope that more people start using, and that's not even just because I'm in the space, but using outlets of people who actually pay attention to the team day in and day out that are doing this for the love, not doing this because they're getting a check, right? That's my opinion. But thank you guys for leaving those text messages um, on the show. But that's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And we've been doing that for two years. And I love you guys, man. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.